Hey, everybody. On today's episode of the Loose Change Podcast, we'll be giving our two cents on the award races, ask what is going on with the roughing the passer lately, J.K. Dobbins, the Panthers. We'll be going through some injuries before our fantasy starts of the week and survivor picks on today's episode of the Loose Change Podcast. Everybody and welcome back to the Loose Change Podcast Football Edition. Kyle, what a week! The Eagles are still undefeated. Let's no. go. <laughs> you must be uh, super happy, but like I'm a closet Eagles fan, so I'm just I'm happy to see them having some success. Everyone with Jalen Hurts as their fantasy quarterback is kind of a closeted Eagles fan this year. Oh, I just want the Hurts AJ Brown stock everywhere. Yeah, I've been seeing in my <laughs> trade proposals that you want that. <laughs> I love that. AJ Brown, he's a great player. That whole team is unbelievable. We'll be talking a little bit about the Eagles, but since we're talking Hurts, let's jump right into the award races and talk about MVP. All right. Hertz is fourth in voting right now at plus 600, or the odds suggest not voting, but the odds suggest he's fourth place behind Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes, and in the lead, Josh Allen, of course. I'll ask you, Kyle, is there any way through five weeks of the season the MVP is anyone besides Josh Allen? Yes, 100%. I don't think it's uh, wide. Like, I think the race is completely wide open. Yeah. There's been, yeah, like, I mean, yes, Josh Allen has been phenomenal, and I think that he deserves to be the favorite in the conversation right now, but like, you look at guys like Hertz and Lamar, like they are single-handedly carrying these offenses. Like they're they're making their coaches look amazing in somewhat bad situations, and they're the whole face of the franchise. And like, yes, Allen's that guy, but he's also got the most talented defense. He's got the best defense in football. He's got his Stefan Diggs. Yeah. And yeah, so I I just think yes, Allen's getting it done, but he should be. Whereas like. Lamar and Hertz have just really stepped up to the plate when their team needs them. And Mahomes is just, I think he's just always going to be in the race. He was somehow not like talked about during the off season as an MVP guy. Everyone forgot about him because they lost Hill. People were actually worried about him yeah. fantasy wise too. It's Patrick Mahomes guys. Like he's going to be yeah. in the MVP conversation every year. I had my concerns with, the value on Mahomes, like if you're looking like from a fantasy perspective, what people were talking about, I, I just kind of tampered expectations that his production was going to drop off. Cause like, I mean, Tyreek Hill's not exactly a replaceable guy, <laughs> No, he's not. <laughs> but, but you still have Andy recalling plays. You still have Travis Kelsey there. Who's good for four touchdowns a week. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if you saw last game. <laughs> so yeah, well, uh, somehow I still lost a week in fantasy. <laughs> Brutal. So, with Kelsey on the team? So Come on. Yeah, that last touchdown to Devontae Adams was the icing on the cake. I was up before yeah. that. Yeah, and it wasn't even a Devontae Adams play. It was Derek Carr that I was going against. Yeah, what can you do? That is brutal, losing to Derek Carr of all people in fantasy. But he's not yeah. in the MVP conversation, and neither are a lot of quarterbacks. It sounds like it's just the top four that we talked about, right? Is there any yeah. dark horses in the race? Um, like I don't think Herbert head, like... it will be good enough to get it done this year. He's fifth in voting, and I just don't see him overtaking a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes unless he somehow goes on a crazy run and wins, wins the division by a lot. Yeah, Her, uh, Herbert's been a little bit underwhelming this year. Um, the injury and all. Yeah, I, I think it would take a really good stretch of strong games for him to yeah. overtake someone like Allen. Like, I think that that's where it sits for me. And like, yes, you could put Herbert in the conversation, but like Allen is clearly the front runner and i think that all the other guys behind him in mahomes lamar and hurts have done enough to this point in the season that they could catch allen right if allen has a bad stretch of games they have a good stretch of games suddenly they're the favorites whereas herbert i think even if he had a couple of really good games and allen had some bad ones you'd still be talking about allen over herbert so how about my boy hurts because he's the only undefeated <laughs> quarterback so far yeah 
But the thing is, he's not getting a lot of passing touchdowns, but he's running the ball like crazy. Like he's getting 50, 60 yards a game, sometimes more. And he's getting one to two touchdowns a game, rushing it in. Or do you think his passing stats are going to be what stops him no. from making that push? Or people are going to look past I, that? I think people start to look past it. Um, honestly, Hurts' career trajectory at this point looks a lot like 2019 Lamar, where... Yep there was a lot of doubters going into the off season. If he was that guy, if he's going to be their franchise quarterback and suddenly he shows up and he's running this different style of offense that isn't your traditional NFL offense. And he's running it well, clearly they're five and oh, um, and he's the centerpiece of all of that. So I think if the Eagles keep up what they're doing, obviously it has a lot to do with Hurts' success. So, I mean, it's the most valuable player, right? So if he's, if he's getting that done and like Lamar's passing stats in his MVP season weren't great. Like they were, I mean, sorry, they were good. Like he had 36 pass tutties, but it's not like he passed for 4,000 yards, right? Didn't he pass for under that? No. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I want to say it was around like a three K. Like you didn't have a crazy passing season, but but he was the unanimous MVP. So exactly. So I think that Hertz has that, possibility he has to essentially keep up this level of play for the rest of the season but yeah not out of the not out of the question if they finish like 14 and 3 he has to finish top two in mvp voting i don't know how you don't at that point yeah. and the eagles are favored every single game you look at their schedule like they could walk to a 13 and 4 like 12 and 5 record and with Josh Allen probably having just as good of a record, it'll be hard to pass him, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't think any dark horse, dark, dark horses sorry, are catching these guys, but any four of those guys can win. I just hope that it's Hurts because it will win me $1,000 and also make me the happiest man in the world. Well, I'm rooting for you, but my Lamar bet is not. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Okay, so that's the quarterback award. The offensive player of the year quarterback award. Quarterback award, yeah. It's basically <laughs> the best player that's not a quarterback. If you look at the odds, it's super weird. You'll see some quarterbacks there, but it just won't happen. It'll be someone else. It'll be like the best receiver. It'll be Cooper Cup, probably, is my bet. Is there any player outside of Cooper Cup who is leading you like to win this. There's Nick Chubb, there's Diggs, Jefferson, maybe even Saquon. I lean the route of someone like Saquon, I think. Uh, He's looked really good. He's not really showing signs of slowing down. And the Giants are four and one. Four and one. Who saw that coming? No one. So Saquon's a big part of that success. And I mean there's always the possibility a QB wins there as well, but with the way Saquon's playing, he's going to have a lights out season and I could see him finishing as the offensive player of the year. Especially if the giants who no one picked to make the playoffs are four and one right now, they somehow make the playoffs. There's total argument right now that the giants could be literally zero and five or one and four. If Barkley wasn't on their team. hundred percent. I like that. He's, he's up there for me. Do you think Cooper cup, is like the person to take it away from for me he's the leader projected to get 14 touchdowns 1900 yards over 200 targets and 170 receptions yes like i think cup has to be the front runner based on where he's at right now i just have no faith in the rams so i think that That's true. we might me start neither. to see teams really focus in on cup and like yes he's gonna make plays i just don't know that he's gonna be like a 2000 yard guy by the time the season's said and done with if defenses just scheme around that because they can't do anything else offensively so and to your point barkley's getting like wildcat snaps all of a sudden like he's doing it all he's playing quarterback fuck it give him the mvp yeah yeah. (laughs) exactly (laughs) I also like Nick Chubb, and in, in, uh, he's been carrying the Browns. Maybe when Deshaun yeah. Watson comes back, it's not the entire running game story, but for me, it should be the whole season long. Feed Nick Chubb the ball 25 carries a game and just watch him eat. The guy breaks tackles like it's nobody's business. Yeah, 
I agree that Chubb, for the, all the same reasons, the offensive success that the Browns are having is on Chubb's back. So, yeah, my concern is Watson coming back and that offense changing a little bit. Yeah, me too. I think Allen takes away from Diggs, so I don't think Diggs will win it. I like your Barkley pick. I love Chubb as well, but I'm going Cooper Cup. It just seems like it would happen. That's my yeah, pick for I could also, OPOY. I could, yeah, I could also see if someone like Josh Allen gets MVP that Lamar or Hertz could still be in the Offensive Player of the Year conversation. It's They're both tied for first place to get it right now in odds. Yeah, so I think that that's not out of, out of the realm of possibilities because they're just offensive weapons at this point. Yeah, that's a good point. On the defensive side of things, Mika Parsons is leading the way for sure. Like it's right now, just if you bet 10 bucks, you only win 10 bucks back type of thing. People expect yeah. Mika to be the defensive player of the year. Who outside of Mika do you think has the best chance to step over? Um, I would have to say it's got to be someone like Bosa, who is mm. essentially doing more as a, a pass rusher, not as much dropping back um, as Micah Parsons is, <laughs> excuse me. But like Nick Bosa, I'm pretty sure leads all defenders in QB pressures right now. I think yeah. he's tied for the lead in sacks. Um, so he's been playing extremely well. And the 49ers defense looks amazing. So... I think that he'd have to be the, the next person that comes to mind. There's other more so edge rushers out there that you can make an argument for. Uh, like Vaughn Miller's been playing well. Miles Garrett been has playing been playing great. well. Um, so those are all in the realm of possibilities. I think TJ Watt would have been firmly in that conversation if he wasn't going to miss Absolutely. all this time. Yeah. But yeah, just where everything sits right now, I think someone like Bosa has to be up there. Yeah, I like that. I also, a little off the board pick, I like Max Crosby a little bit. He's been playing well. The thing is they're one in four, so it's tough. But he has been their best player on defense by and by. Maybe it's just because they don't have many good players on defense, so I notice how important he is to the team on the field. But sometimes that's what this award is, is players that, it's their only good guy and look how good he is. Yeah. I like Nick Bosa yeah. to do it too. I think it's Parsons award to lose at this point though. He's got six oh, yeah. sacks himself. He's, he's Swiss army knife, man. He's just all over the place. So I, I would be shocked if Parsons doesn't actually win that award. Yeah. At this point, I agree with you. The offensive rookie of the year is kind of a, a cool race this year. They got quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs. I could see any of them winning it. Wide receiver, we're looking at probably Olave or Drake London. Maybe Dubes, Daubs, whatever it is, or Wilson Pickett if they have a crazy second half. But also, you look at Damian Pierce, Brees Hall at the running back position. Kenny Pickett at the quarterback position. It's a wide open race right now, Kyle. So I'm going to go a little bit outside the box here. Oh, yeah. uh, Yeah, I'm going to say Kenneth Walker. The new starting running back for the Seattle, I was going to say Mariners, (laughs) the Seattle Seahawks. (laughs) So, yeah, a lot of this obviously comes off of the Penny injury. Um, But if Walker is featured the way that people expect him to be, I think he's going to be phenomenal. Seattle is putting up points or super efficient offensively. um, So there's a chance that he catches some of these other guys that, you know, uh, Damian Pierce has been awesome, uh, which I think he would be the RB to take that away from Walker. Brees Hall is still in a timeshare and like he's getting better every week. But that's true. If Walker's seeing... 30 touches a game and that Seattle offense, he should surpass someone like Brees Hall, I think. Who's in right. Cause Walker has DJ Dallas to compete with, and that's yeah. really not that good of competition. So it, he will get the lion's share of touches. It looks like. Yeah. Um, I think that there'll be a bitter, a bit of a bigger timeshare than people probably expect with Dallas. Like it'll probably be like 70, 30, just cause Dallas is, better in pass protection walker's still a rookie um do you think him missing the first four games will impact that he scored a touchdown like week five 
but he wasn't really involved in the week before and he was inactive the weeks before that when i think offensive rookie of the year like the stats usually aren't eye-popping so i think that like walker still is in very much in the realm of possibilities of finishing with like a thousand yards and like seven eight touchdowns on the season as a running back and if he does that in four less games his averages per game are just going to be outstanding so yeah um yeah i i think that people are overlooking him just because of those couple of games that he's missed i think that's a great pick kenneth walker for me i'm gonna go wide receiver uh i'll take the favorite right now it's a close favorite but i like chris olave he's been playing unreal and it looks like he's already the number one wide receiver in new orleans the coupling with the fact that he has a great early season and going later in the season, if he can just keep it up, I think it's kind of his award to lose. Kenny Pickett doesn't look like he's going to do much with Pittsburgh this year. He doesn't have a great no. team around him. Yeah, I think it's either a running back or a Lave at this point. So I'll take a Lave. Yeah, Olave is a great pick. I I worry that because we've had Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase as your previous wide receiver oh, offensive rookies point, of the year, eh? that he's yeah. going to be held to such a high standard and might get overlooked a bit if he, you know if he doesn't have fourteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns, which is phenomenal. Um, <laughs> people yep. are just gonna yeah, people are gonna overlook him. Maybe um, we'll see, but everyone's got biases. Yeah, I guess we'll see. we'll have to see. I do like your Kenneth Walker pick a lot. You're kind of talking me into throwing like five bucks on the thing. Why not? Plus 1400. Can't yeah. go wrong. Absolutely. The coach of the year is Nick Sirianni. The Eagles are 5 and 0, <laughs> and this man is my favorite coach I've ever seen. On the sidelines, he got so fired up in his press conferences. He is both hilarious stupid and smart it makes no sense how it's all three but he is i love this guy the eagles love playing for him it's just he's the coach of the year for me other than that i see like day ball out there doug peterson if he can turn around this jags team will be in consideration but it's sirianni's award to lose kyle agree or disagree uh i agree because I think that this is the best record of the year award. <laughs> That's yeah, good point. Um, so and they have the I best record. That, yeah, and I mean the Eagles are surpassing expectations right now. That's also too. It's also the expectation versus record award. Exactly. So I mean, no one came into the season going the Eagles are a fourteen and three team. Exactly. But they firmly look like that right now, and you have to praise the coaching staff at some point. So. I think it is Sirianni's award to lose, but I do think that Dabol is mm-hmm. firmly in that race. Like those are the two that come to mind. For those that don't because... know, that's the Giants head coach. He's been playing. He's they've been playing great. Yeah, like they went out and acquired him in the off season. Can Joe Judge and Dabol's been playing the part? Like I mean, you take your team to four and one. He's using his playmakers properly, um, which for those of you that haven't been paying attention are like Richie James and <laughs> yeah. David Sills. It's, so who the hell? It's like <laughs> Kyle and Tyler lining up at wide receiver two and three. Yeah. So, uh, which is, I mean, that's amazing to have that as your offense and be four and one and have some good wins. Like to be the Packers last week, that's a statement. And it was pretty much the same roster that Judge had last year coaching. You replace the coach, leave basically the same roster, and four and one instead of one and four. That yeah. has to be the coaching, and you have to give respect where respect is due. Dayball, Giants, Absolutely. watch out for them. Yeah, 100%. Um, you have to give credit to them. And again, it comes down to that expectations conversation That's right. of like, yeah. Everyone thought that the Giants were probably the worst team in the NFC East. Do like, do. I yeah. would have even probably put them below the commanders looking at rosters in the offseason. They were plus eleven hundred to win the division at the start of the year. Commanders plus four hundred, for example. Yeah, so they were completely written off for this year. So yeah, I mean, that's amazing for Double to turn that ship around. Yeah, so those are our picks for the award races, some dark horses, some favorites for sure. But we'll give a little insight about halfway through the season too. Maybe make it like a quarterly thing. First 
quarter of the season. We'll do it halfway through, three quarters at the end. Those so are one, award uh, races. one award that we missed was the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah, the a, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, do you have a front runner there? Hmm. I think for me, it, it's kind of hard because I don't pay attention a lot. So I just have to go down to the guy that I know has been playing well, Sauce Gardner. I think he'd be my pick because he's just apparently, I don't watch a lot of Jets games, been locking people down like high, good wide receivers. He's been locking down. So probably Sauce. How about you? I'm with you. I'm on the Sauce train. And I think that like Devin Lloyd's the favorite right now. He's been playing he? really well in Jacksonville as well. Um, like he's just like their featured middle linebacker. He's putting up great numbers. Right. Um, but I, it's so hard to say the, the side of me that wants to go Devin Lloyd is you can actually see the statistics on his production. Um, like you can actually go see how many tackles, how many sacks, interceptions, et cetera. He you look at the, the stat line. He's good. Exactly. With sauce, people are going to go, what did he do? Cause he like, I mean, he's not getting like tons of interceptions. He's not going to have a 10 interception season or something. That's eye popping. It's hard to judge so, corners stats wise. And that's what I think makes us Gardner, not the favorite right now. Right. So he is going to have to make a couple of big plays to get the attention, I think. But if he does, then I think he puts himself firmly in the lead of that race. Yeah. That's pretty much it. And the only other award that they really give out that's a big deal is Comeback Player of the Year Award. That's, for me, got to be Geno Smith. Just because he's a starter for the first time in eight years and looking like a goddamn MVP candidate. Yeah, um, I didn't even think about Geno Smith. I was thinking probably somewhere along the lines of Saquon. Saquon, for sure. Um, Brian Robinson. Yeah, Brian Robinson. And then being back by week five. Yeah, but I I think I have to give it to Saquon just because he was kind of written off last year and then... And now he's literally the best running back in the league, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So... Fair enough. It is crazy how back he is. Like For two and a half years, he hasn't been as good as he is now. Yeah, 100%. He looks so good. So that is our award races. Now into one of our favorite segments. WTF is going on. What the fuck is going on, Kyle, with these roughing the passer calls lately? You were there in Baltimore when heartbreak set in. Josh Allen gets sacked very normally, very safely, and flag on the play. 15 yards, automatic first down, Buffalo, basically ending the game for the Ravens and your hopes. How do you feel about that? Following up with the Brady thing that he got sacked, the complete garbage passing interference call. And then you see it again, the roughing the passer call um, with the Chiefs and the Raiders. I can't, I can't watch this any longer. These refs need to know it's football. It's a rough sport. I'm so sick of these 280 pound guys trying their best not to hurt someone and then getting a penalty for being 280 pounds. Man, like they, they've got a problem. They've it's, it's a problem. At some point, at some point they have to either start disciplining refs. Mm, um, thank you. Or That's huge. Like they're, they're meeting this week to discuss like the rules and everything. So I'm curious to see what comes out of this meeting. It's definitely something I'm keeping my eyes on. I didn't have a ton of exposure to the Allen roughing the pass, <coughs> excuse me, roughing the passer penalty because I saw it live and then didn't really see much of it again, like a couple of replays, but I've seen like I was watching the Bucks Falcons game and like the Falcons had a legitimate shot to win that game. They were hitting their stride at the end mm-hmm. of the game and make a huge play on Brady. It was like second down or something. Grady Jarrett gets this sack picture. Perfect sack. Like this is what you would teach a D lineman to do in practice. Yeah. And I, I didn't understand the call at all. And it, it basically sealed the game for the Bucks. Instead of the Falcons getting a chance to get the ball offensively and march the ball downfield, they just lost. Um, so that was awful. Like that was, I think, worse 
so what yeah i i don't know if which one's worse because they're both it's really the same bad, ref which though is awful to say. Eh? it was the, the same, same refing ref? crew that's the problem is these guys aren't like you said getting punished getting even talked to after a terrible play because the next week it go, they go change the results of another football game and yeah. because it's for the bucks and the bills it's not getting talked about a lot but you put it the other way if the bucks if tom brady and then josh allen lost because of the other way it goes we'll be seeing a lot more discussion about it or if you see this in playoffs like people are going to be livid like kansas city chiefs fans let the refs have it they were you could hear it watching from home just booze and you know fuck the refs chance water bottles being tossed onto the field so i didn't know it was the same refereeing crew so that is even worse um jerome boger i need him staying away (laughs) betting on his games because i don't know what he's gonna do he's just gonna throw flags randomly he needs to be held accountable like it absolutely he does if if like let's say someone like jerome boger who's obviously had some egregious calls now um put this guy into like uh auto review like the people upstairs you know we're gonna watch your games this week and if we make think you make some egregious calls, you're going to get suspended. He's been a ref for 20 years. And if he was a ref for two years, I guarantee you he wouldn't be getting away with all this. Because he's no. a part of the brigade of officiating, it's just something that needs to change. Officiating is vital to all sports and especially football. When flags change plays. In other sports, it's usually the best team wins. You can fouls even out in basketball soccer hockey no not in football a 15-yard penalty in a certain situation is different than a 15-yard penalty in a different situation you can't have these plays decided by referees holy shit it's so annoying you can tell i had money on the other teams by the way i'm talking (laughs) the like if you i mean because it was the falcons and bucks it was kind of like okay whatever but from another outlook like that's a divisional game that the falcons should have won and like could be firmly in the race for that nfc south and now you like you lost a divisional game you're two games further behind the bucks over a call that you had no control over it's just bad just bad for football people at home don't want to see it it's yeah yeah it's terrible i hope they figure it out Hopefully with this loose change public backlash, once we talk about it, the league usually hears about it. So yeah, they maybe we'll make some changes happen. We tell them stuff. So that's <laughs> true. It's crazy. Um, okay, so the Adams push. For those that didn't see it, Devontae Adams leaving the game, pissed off. He scored two touchdowns. They lost by one point on a two-point attempt that didn't work at the end of the game. Brutal way to lose. You're now one in four. You're marching your way out and some cameraman steps in front of you right at the last minute with some equipment in his hands. You extend your arms out. You push him to the ground. Now, all of a sudden, you're talking about maybe getting suspended by the NFL. There's a chart, a police report and assault charge pressed against you by the guy that got pushed. Holy shit. This has turned into quite the shitstorm for Adams. I hope that he doesn't get suspended for that. But also, I totally understand if he did. Yikes. What do you make of it, Kyle? I think he does get suspended just because there's so many eyes on it at this point. Like the NFL is all about saving face. So Mm -hmm. they, when they start getting public backlash about stuff like the roughing the passer and now like this Devontae Adams push, that's when they start to look at, you know, discipline, making changes. They never do it under their own power. So because of how big this took off, um, I think that we're, we're going to see at least a one game suspension from Adams. Yeah. One game sounds it right. Was, I mean, I understand it as a guy that played football. Like you have a bad loss that, you know, was decided by some questionable um, roughing. Like it wasn't just that roughing the passer call that went in the favor of the Raiders there, but like just in general, the roughing was yeah. not good. Terrible. So you lose that divisional game, you're pissed off, and this cameraman's just right in front of you trying to get pictures of you. Like, I mean, he shouldn't even have been allowed to be there, but 
it doesn't really give you the right to just push someone to the ground and then just like walk away from them and apologize over Twitter. Like it's just yeah. And I get like that guy is probably trying to get his bag. I I, I fault no person that needs money going to get their money. But come on, I I feel as though if I did that, if I was that camera guy, I wouldn't be suing Adams or filing police reports. You know especially if I'm a Raiders fan or something, maybe it's because it was in Kansas city. He's like, fuck the Raiders, fuck Adams. But I don't know, man. I, it's a push. Yeah. They, they reduced it. It's like even less than a misdemeanor assault. So the fine is like a hundred to a thousand dollars or a certain amount of time in jail. But like you would just pay the fine. I think just give the guy Um, $5,000 and some merch, shut him up. Yeah, I, I think it goes away, but the NFL saves face with the suspension. It wasn't like you like started swinging at the guy. Yeah, yeah, and he felt terrible after it apologized. Hopefully, it's nothing more. I have him on a fantasy team, so I don't want him suspended, but we'll see. Update you guys as it goes on. The Panthers are fed up. Panthers fans are fed up. Matt Rule is gone. Kyle, Woo-hoo. I think the best job in all of the world is a fired head coach of a sports team. This guy is getting yeah. paid for the next five years, almost $8 million a year, $7 million a year, something like that, to do nothing just because he was bad at his job. Isn't that crazy? Anyways, looking forward to the Carolina Panthers the rest of the season, do you think there's any chance that they're going to be good this year or scrape together a little bit of a team? I saw the Raiders do it uh, last year when they dropped coaches. I don't think that they're going to be good. Like, I don't see them yeah. suddenly turning around and making a playoff push. But for people that have shares in this offense for fantasy, I think that there's brighter days ahead. Um, Rule really struggled to just get this team together. He lost the locker room. I think that we're going to see some changes to what they're doing offensively the defensive coordinator left i wouldn't be surprised if they bring in um, a new head coach or someone um, that brings in his own coaching staff Mm, Uh, that'll likely be in the off season but hopefully they have an interim head coach that's motivated to try to get the job and write this ship maybe we'll see a little bit more production out of like your cmc dj moore even robbie anderson if you have those shares You'd hope so. On any given Sunday, any team can beat any team. So let's just hope that the Panthers are making games relevant again because with they, Rule, uh, they they suck. They can't get much worse, so it's only up from here. <laughs> Good point. In games where the other team scored more than 17 points, they were 1-25 in 25 or something like that under Rule. 17 points isn't a lot, <laughs> you know? Like, holy shit. Yeah. Good for Panthers fans. It's a day to celebrate for sure. Transitioning from what the fuck is going on with to injury roundup, I'd like to ask you what the fuck is going on with J.K. Dobbins' injury and slash health. Is he healthy? It seems like he was, and then he wasn't. He was running great, then he wasn't. What's the deal, Ravens fan, Kyle? Um, I think a lot of it just has to do, like, the Ravens have been extremely cautious with injuries this year which rightfully so they were just dismantled by them last year we saw ronnie stanley on a pitch count which is like unheard of for a left tackle to be rotated (laughs) that doesn't happen a lot no so like it they've been really weird with how they're handling it and i mean hopefully at the end of the season we look back and go wow they they right. did the right thing. It's like game, you know, when they did like the game management stuff in the NBA, like they still yeah, do it. Right. It's like LeBron will miss a game or whatever. So Dobbins looked so good in his limited carries. Like he had that one just statement run early in the game where he just like bulldozed a guy, like broke out of a tackle. Um, so the eye test so it, and the stats kind of look like yards per carry. They look okay. He looked good. I Yeah. I think they were just riding the hot hand a little bit and still getting Dobbins mixed in a little bit. Just his snap count went down. He had 50% of snaps in week four against Buffalo and then only uh, 40% in week five. He was out snapped by Kenyon Drake. He wow. did get the ball eight times for 44 yards, saw no targets. So I think it was just more so the way that this game script went. 
uh, and also not having Bateman. They were running, they had Kenyon Drake there. I think it was a lot of pass protection and he's a little bit more of a threat in the receiving game. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I wanted to kind of feature this just to make sure that people aren't suddenly out on Dobbins. Like he still looked fantastic. The stats don't show that, but right. he'll, he's still up on the, on the come up. I think that he's going to have a good game against New York this week. Um, and I'm keeping him in my lineup. So the best of Dobbins has yet to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. T Higgins. He's, he was banged up coming in the week and then leaves very early hurting fan fantasy players like myself who had him in the lineup moving forward. Are we worried about his injuries, Kyle? I am like, yeah, it was, it would have been one thing if they said he was out and you tried to go pivot to Hayden Hurst in a flex spot or something, but like Higgins single-handedly cost me in like three different fantasy leagues because he was active and then put up a zero. Um, I think he was limited in practice today. So this is Wednesday. Uh, so it's something to keep an eye on. If he ends up being a full participant later in the week, I'm just keeping him in my lineup. You have to. He, you have to. Um, but if he is questionable, like you have to have an option to pivot to. So I would start preparing for that just make sure you have someone that you can maybe plug in. Like if you can get like a Tyler Boyd or something that's just an immediate replacement. Um, it's nicer that he plays Sunday at one though. So yeah, hopefully you can figure it out early on outside of T Higgins. There's a couple more injuries I want to get through. The Waller injury is something that has been screwing over fancy players alike. They dropped a Waller super high. Uh, Raiders fans sure want him in the lineup more because he's supposed to be such a big part of their offense. It's supposed to be Adams and Waller. What's the deal with Waller going through this injury, Kyle? What is the injury? So um, he did actually suit up in week five. So he was there to start the week or uh, to start the game, I should say. Um, but he was, I think he played like something like six snaps or something and then Yikes. ruled out. So right. uh, that's obviously, it's just as frustrating as the Higgins news because he put up a goose egg for you. Um, it was a hamstring injury. So mm. it's one of those things that, I mean, we see it with like Julio where I get always so concerned when I see these hamstring injuries, more so in some of these older players, like he's not, old but he's still 30 years old so when you're 30 years old and you pull your hammy you're past your physical prime slightly yeah he's gonna come back at some point but there's always going to be that concern of like does he re-aggravate it you know how long does it take him to come back like how long Keenan allen was out with the same injury yeah and like we've seen it a lot like we've seen Kadarius tony who's a young guy that keeps re-aggravating his hamstrings waller doesn't have a really bad history of this but i don't know i like i already was questionable about waller just moving forward because he hasn't done anything great and this just leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth seattle rbs so penny goes down kenneth walker is in you mentioned him in your offensive rookie of the year bid i gotta agree with you there he's gonna look great Moving forward from that, the Miami team is banged up at quarterback and wide receiver. Let's start with quarterback. Bridgewater, looking like, this is Wednesday when we're recording, he's in concussion protocol still and won't be starting this week. Tua, still out. Concussion. The wide receivers, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, are both dealing with their own injuries I am worried about everything fantasy and real life for this Dolphins team. Kyle, let's start with the quarterbacks. When do you think we can see Tua back in action? I know you don't have a crystal ball or anything. And then after that, wide receiver-wise, rest of season and early on in for the next few weeks, are we worried about Hill or Waddle? Um, so I think to answer your first question, I think Tua's back probably next week. I don't think he's back this week, but they originally estimated about two to four weeks when he was originally out. So we're going on, this will be week three. Well, technically, technically week, the second week. So three weeks removed would be week. the week after. Yeah. So 
Yeah, so, and they did say he has cleared concussion protocol. I think it's just a matter of, like, saving face at this point and (laughs) extra cautious, which is why Teddy's not going to be back. Like, that's right. there's a possibility Teddy clears protocol tomorrow or on Friday, but they just don't want to put him out there, so... Same team um, too, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's publicity right now. It's such bad PR for that team. So, and I think we're going to see not just the Dolphins. Like, I think we're going to see a lot of teams that are a lot slower to progress players through concussion protocol. Or they're going to be a lot more cautious because of this um, until it's kind of faded away towards, you know, the later part of the season. But uh, what about the Skyler wide receivers? Thompson, the wide receivers like they still play the majority of the game, but I just worry about their production with, uh, not to basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like even Teddy Bridgewater, like he was throwing more passes to Trent Sherfield than he was Waddle or Hill. So, um, yeah, I think that you have to still keep Waddle and Hill in your lineup. If they're active, it's unless you have a really good pivot option, I'd have a really hard time taking them out of my lineup, but you just really have to tamper expectations. Like they're probably yeah. wide receiver twos uh, for the foreseeable future until Tua's back. And they're also dealing with their injuries of their own. So you add that to an already bad situation. You just, you have to be realistic with your expectations, what you want from these guys. Yeah. I'm holding off on trading for Waddle right now, holding off on trading for Hill even though I just traded for Waddle recently in my one league, I am worried about that now. So yeah. hopefully rest of the season, they'll be fine. But like you said, for right now, don't expect anything more than like a low wide receiver to finish until they at least get to a back and are healthy. Yeah. Which kind of leads us into our fantasy starts of the week. Kyle, I have a wide receiver in mind. I have a running back in mind, a tight end in mind, and a quarterback in mind. They're all from the same team. It's Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers are going to absolutely demolish the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers, who are 30th in passing yards against, allowing up to 290. Listen, if you have Brady, don't pivot to Geno Smith, Goff, Lawrence, any of that options. You're starting Brady. If you have Godwin, look for a wide receiver one to finish. Evans will be playing great. Uh, Fournette's going to be amazing. Obviously, all these guys are in your lineup, but I'm just I'm saying look out for Tampa Bay. Maybe in some DFS, load up on the Bucks. How do you feel? <laughs> I agree. Like Pittsburgh's defense just looks awful. I think Tampa Bay's defense is going to give the Pittsburgh offense trouble, uh, which is just going to lead to more opportunities to score. So, yeah, you want shares of this Bucks offense this week for sure. Give me a wide receiver start of the week. Oh, you're going to love this one. Um, (laughs) I'm going to call it right now. I'm calling the DJ Moore game. The resurgence. (laughs) Without rule. Uh, His first game without rule. He's back. And without rule, that's that's the icing on the cake. So I fuck that guy. Like, (laughs) just (laughs) no no one wanted rule there. I kind of mentioned it earlier. If you have fantasy shares in this offense, like this is the best thing that could happen. Oh yeah. I think that I think they're finally going to start to get their playmakers a little bit more involved. Hopefully someone starts scheming things up offensively to get the ball into DJ Moore's hands uh, a little bit more. Um, They're playing the Rams, which the Rams again have been a kind of a crapshoot, but I think that the Panthers defense has been solid and they're going to give them a bit of a harder time. Um, and the Panthers are going to have opportunities to score in this one. PJ Walker is likely the starter, uh, and he distributes the ball quite a bit differently than like Mayfield or Darnold have in the past. So mm. I expect Walker to zero in on his wide receiver one. Um, and I don't think that just based on the way the season's going, that Ramsey's going to shadow. So yeah, he hasn't you know. really been shadowing opposing wide receiver once. You're go- that's a good point. No. That's not usually his style of play. Um, he, he's not the shadowing type of corner. So I expect if any good offensive coordinator can take advantage of this defense, they're going to put more all over the field. So I like that. So what do you think he finishes as a top 10 wide receiver this week? 
that's egregious. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I say he's like wide receiver too. But <laughs> like, he's playable. He's Twenty-four. He's playable. Like you could. It, there's some teams on by this week: Raiders, Lions, Titans on by. You might be looking for a spot start. Feel free to just put more in your lineup this week, and I think that he's a top twenty option. Mm, wow. Okay, I like that. I also have a sleeper pick. People probably don't have him started a lot. He's rostered in 50% of leagues on NFL.com. Probably started in a lot less. It's Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs, Dubes, Dobie, Doobie Brothers. Romeo Dobbs, the number one wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Some say it's Alan Lazard, but Romeo Dobbs has two touchdowns in the last three weeks. He is getting red zone targets. Pretty much every single week, he's getting the most red zone targets for wide receivers outside of last week with Cobb. And clearly, that was a mistake. We need to go back to Dobbs. He's wide receiver 31 on Fantasy Pros. I'm with you, Kyle. I think he finishes as a top 20 wide receiver. Put more and Dobbs in your lineup. They're probably on your bench right now. I think you should consider changing that up. Yeah, just got to win the week, right? You don't got to keep them there. Just That's right. <laughs> try to try to get a win this week. Um, but yeah, I, I do like uh, Dobbs as a start this week. He's just getting more and more involved in the offense. And at home to the Jets. Like the Jets don't scare you. They're at home. Like, I mean, the Jets defense has been well. We talked about sauce a little bit earlier, but yeah. because they don't have like this alpha number one wide receiver, it's not like sauce is going to be on him all game. So if the Jets decide that Sauce is just going to take down Romeo, fine. Weird thing yeah. to do, but fine. Yeah, like I don't think that's where they're scheming their defense because they need to be focused on like Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, um, even Lazard as well. So, yeah, okay. Uh, I think that Dobbs has a decent week, and like they're starting to get him involved in these like Devonte Adams type plays, like these short screens. And he's taking full advantage, which I love to see. And he's a really good blocker, which is also... Really? What you noticed that? I have. I've seen him set at quite a few key blocks. And as a Packers offense, you need that out on the field. So, Yeah, that's why Lazard is so loved by Aaron Rodgers, too. And you, you see him reward receivers that he likes. He looks for Lazard yeah. because of that. He looks for Cobb because of that. I think Dobbs is quickly becoming a new favorite of his. Yeah. Running back. Do you have any running back starts of the week? I'm rolling with David Montgomery. Okay. Um, okay. So some Thursday night football action. He looked really good to start the year, got injured, and then Khalil Herbert came in and went off. So Montgomery was a guy that I kept on my benches this past week because I had no idea if it was suddenly going to be a 50-50 time split, what the case is going to be. Herbert saw less than 30% of the snaps, and Montgomery played pretty well, still put up a really good fantasy line. And he now plays one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. Uh, Washington is ranked 31st in oh. rushing yards allowed per game. They're giving up 170, 170 yards per per game on the ground jesus um so if montgomery is getting 60 70 percent of these running back snaps that's a hundred yards <laughs> yeah hundred percent so I, I i'm expecting an rb1 finish from montgomery this week wow a bears player as an rb1 i love it i think that's Crazy. a great pick and i'm probably riding with you I think my running back start of the week is someone we've been talking about throughout the store, uh, show, so I won't get too deep into it. It's Kenneth Walker. Absolutely start him. If he's on your bench, put him in. He is better than Penny was because of the workload he's going to have. Yeah. Uh, another On the other side of the ball, if you went out and picked up like Eno Benjamin, um, that's a really good start as well just because mm. there's not going to be – too many weeks where you're going to feel confident starting him, but it's looking like James Connor's going to miss this week. And um, if you want to invest in, you know, he's got a really good matchup against the Seahawks defense this week. So yeah. Seahawks defense, terrible. You can pretty much start Kyle against the Seahawks running back if you wanted to. Yeah. I mean, I'm startable regardless, but you got the moves. You should see a spin move. It's ridiculous. Do you have any quarterback or tight end starts or should we move past this? 
I do not off the top of my head. If you need a spot start, I'm putting in Carson Wentz. Um, you could even feel confident going with someone like Geno Smith. Yeah, and in the tight end landscape, I like Bellinger for the Giants. If you need someone, if you're needy, needy, he's like ranked 20th amongst tight ends. He rushed in for a touchdown last week. He was gonna, he went to throw one, was covered, rushed one in, and with the Giants, like you mentioned, they have nobody to catch the balls. So why not a rookie tight end that's shown some stuff through five weeks? Yep. That is our fantasy starts of the week. Be sure to play them because I'm 5-0 and in two leagues and 4-1 and in two others. So I know fantasy better than any other podcaster in the world. Do what I say. Quick picks, survivor picks. Maybe we don't go through all the matchups, Kyle. We're kind of running low on time. So I'll ask you for your number one survivor pick. Who do you think is just going to win you this game? Mind you, you've already used the Ravens, Packers, Eagles, Lions, and Jags. So you can't use those five teams. Who is your survivor pick this week? I'm picking the Rams. And a lot of this, Who do there's a couple play? reasons. They are playing the Panthers. Okay, so that's a good reason. So the Rams, they're not a team I trust every week. There's games where, like, against the 49ers, where it should have been a really competitive game that the Rams probably should have won, and they got wrecked. Um, So there's not going to be very many opportunities where I feel good about picking the Rams. This is going to be one of them. So I'm just going to take this opportunity while it's there um, and then not worry about having to use them again down the line. Yeah, and a survivor, you kind of want to get rid of teams when you can. This seems like a good bounce back week for the Rams, even though they're not Super Bowl contenders right now, I don't think. No. I think that's a great pick. I'm taking the Buccaneers for a very similar reason. Your team is playing the Panthers. My team is playing the Steelers. Neither of those teams are worth a shit this year, it looks like. The Buccaneers are loaded up on offense. They got everyone healthy again. I'm going all the way with TB. Let's go, Brady. Take me on yeah, to I next think- week. I think they're hitting their stride and they're going against one of the worst defenses in football. So I just want to survive, man. Just get me to next week. Let's survive. Yep. Win the week. Win the week. (laughs) When life gives you melons, you might be dyslexic. (laughs) That's pretty good. All right, Kyle, what's red and bad for your teeth? What? A brick. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. 